This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Hey, uh, you remember, I don't know if you were listening to this program yesterday, but uh, Noam Layden brought to our attention a woman, Ms. McKenzie, who believes that uh, we're headed towards some major stuff, okay? And uh, this is going to be a bad situation. And someone who seems to share that opinion is a gentleman that's actually been a guest on this show previously, and that's actor Dennis Quaid. He joined Tucker Carlson on Saturday to discuss the biggest threat to your life, at least according to him. So it was on the Tucker Carlson encounter, and... Dennis Quaid was on there talking about the documentary that he's featured in. I don't know if he produced it or if he's just a voice. I haven't seen it. It's called Grid Down Power Up. And it has to do with what we've talked about before. uh, The possibility of an EMP event. Electromagnetic pulse. And the overall science behind the threat of a technological cataclysm on the scale of what happened in 1859. The Carrington event. Uh, Here is Dennis Quaid talking to Tucker Carlson. Listen to this. The uh, it would take out not only the electricity, but, you know, all of our our entire infrastructure and our society runs our electricity. We don't we don't know how to live without it. You know, you turn on there wouldn't be any water in your tap. There wouldn't you couldn't get gas for your car because the, the, the whole system is broken down. Everything that we rely upon would be gone. Uh, the food would uh, melt in our refrigerators. There would be, uh, and they predict within a year, about 90% of the population would be dead from starvation, disease, or, you know, people, it gets back to the Stone Age again. Killing each other. Yeah. So this is not some hyperbole being being spewed by an unintelligent actor. Folks say, and I hope they're all wrong, that what Quaid is describing will happen probably sooner than later. And if the sun doesn't do it, they say a bad actor will. A And um, I hope if you didn't listen to the, my recent interview on this subject, go back and uh, check out the podcast. You can go to Red Apple podcastnetwork.com that's redapplepodcastnetwork.com and um, just search EMP and it should come right up if you can't find it just email me I'll send you the link uh, my email is frank.morano 
at redappleaudionetworks.com. That's frank.morano at redappleaudionetworks.com. But, you know, listening to Dennis Quaid here, he says it's not being something that's left up to chance. He says it's a matter of it's going to happen. 90% of the population will be dead in a year. And he's essentially saying there's a 100% possibility that a major solar storm will happen, wiping out the electric grid. And when that happens, an estimated 90% of Americans will die. The farm stops, the trucking stops, the water stops. So the electric grid is vulnerable, maybe by nature, maybe by a hostile actor. I don't think this is conspiracy theory stuff. I think this is something really worth worrying about. I'm going to check out this documentary. And, you know, Dennis Quaid's been on this program before, and he seems like a great guy. I'm going to uh, reach out to him again, see if he wants to come on and uh, talk about the documentary. But when that electric grid goes down, that could cause a collapse of the supply chain that makes what we went through during COVID look like tiddlywinks. I mean, really, no food and water supply to the majority of Americans. J.C. Cole, who's also been a guest on this show, he wrote to me and in reaction to what um, Dennis Quaid said and said, the grid is our glass jaw. When hit, it's a knockout punch. So no food and water for, for all of us, especially those of us that live on islands. That could be very problematic. Let me know what you think. 800-848-9222 is, I mean, look, everyone wants to promote their stuff. And if you want to, um, if you want to promote your documentary, what better way to do it than by saying, well, you know, this is going to happen. And if we don't do something and learn what to do, 90% of Americans are going to die. Okay, I get it. Maybe there's some element of promotion in this. I don't know. I think he comes across as very sincere. Now, again, he's an actor, not a NASA scientist, but I think this is very concerning. Very concerning. 800-848-9222. Tell me what you think. 800-848-9222. All right. Um, By the way, we were um, slated to talk with Tony Orlando. We couldn't get a hold of him. I have gotten a hold of him. He has reached out to me, and uh, we're gonna, we're working on rescheduling him. He messed up the time, and he got uh, he got stuck at another event. Somebody somebody messaged me that maybe Tony Orlando was uh, was detained at airport customs like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Thankfully, that is not the case. He's doing just fine, and uh, I would have just had him on now. But we're going to be joined by uh, Peter Mikolos coming up in about uh, fifteen minutes. So I'm looking forward to that conversation very much. On the uh, subject of the airlines, though, and this JetBlue Spirit merger being torpedoed, which I do think is for the best, Merrick Garland actually commented on this and talked about what a merger between JetBlue and Spirit would look like. In short, if not blocked, the merger of JetBlue and Spirit would result in higher fares and fewer choices for tens of millions of travelers across the country. So, 
There we are. 800-848-9222. I'm really eager to uh, chat with Dr. Peter Mikolos. You know, it seems like I'm meeting more and more people and encountering more and more people that are experiencing RSV. Is it worth getting an RSV shot? Who should get the RSV shot? I had my wife ask our uh, pediatrician about that. And basically she said that our son should not get it. He's not a risk factor and neither are are either of us. So who should? I'm going to ask him about that. And if time permits, I do want to ask him a little bit about uh, Ozempic because Ozempic is one of these things that it almost seems too good to be true. Now, I have a cousin who's on it. She loves it. She she describes it as life-changing. I have a close friend who's on it. He looks great. It says he's never been healthier and had more energy, and he's able to work out and have energy the whole all day long. He's also, I think, pre-diabetic, and the weight loss is a happy side effect for him. I have a neighbor. She looks great. She's working out every day, and she says she's able to do that largely because she's on uh, Ozempic. Well, Jillian Michaels, who you may know from the the Biggest Loser, is warning about Ozempic. Uh, she is the fitness guru, and she warned of an exhaustive list of side effects triggered by this magic shot, this weight loss shot. Here's Jillian Michaels. Here's the problem with this, right? Is that you can never get off these drugs. If you do get off of them, all of the meta-analysis show us that you will gain all the weight back and then some two-thirds of it within the first year. But now you've messed up your metabolism, you've lost muscle, you might be running the risk of all these side effects. So you're going to gain it back and then some and have lingering side effects. On top of that, let's say you're like, no, I'm staying on it forever. Really? Google Ozempic Plateau. You will plateau on Ozempic. It will stop working Right around the 18-month to two-year mark, it's going to stop working. Now what are you going to do? I I mean, I don't have her level of expertise, and I know we've spoken to people that have varying views, but um, perhaps we will uh, have time to uh, chat with um, Dr. Peter Mikolos about this. You know what else I want to ask him? I'm drinking, I'm still drinking from a plastic water bottle right now. Even though I brought to your attention the story about all the plastic that's in water carried by a water bottle. Yesterday, I was here for a meeting, and our owner, uh, John Katsimatidis, he's drinking water from a glass water bottle. I said, John, what's the story here? He said, didn't you hear about all the plastic and water? I said, yeah. All right, so he's taking it seriously, and he's a pretty bright guy. So I'm going to ask Peter Mikolos uh, how much we should all be. Um, taking this seriously. But I would love your take on what Dennis Quaid said to Tucker there. Do you think this is really something to get crazy about, to get worried about? 800-848-9222. Why or why not? JR is in Georgia. Hello, JR. Hey, hi, Frank. The, uh, the scary thing is many people are concerned about this EMP issue. Uh, the state uh, power companies know that the shielding can be put on a lot of these uh, grids, but for some reason they have not went along with the will of many people. It's not that expensive, actually. It may be $1 or $2 billion to actually cover the entire grid to have some kind of protection so it doesn't go down completely. But 
for some reason, the media and the power companies themselves have not went forward. Now, although it is said that certain uh, enemies of ours have some of their grid system getting worked with shielding, I have yet to hear anything here in America for the sake of just for national defense to uh, start progressing along those ways to give some safety. But uh, it's out there. They know about it. Why haven't the power companies here in America offered it to the citizens for maybe a 50-cent bonus or something to help add shielding to give us some safety? Well, it's it's such a good question, and I don't have the answer. If you say it's not that expensive, and uh, honestly, I have no idea. I mean, I would think maybe, uh, I when we did this segment last week, I mentioned how some people view this as just, um, you know, science fiction. They view this as something that uh, a James Bond villain would uh, cook up. I don't view it that way at all, but could it be that that's why the power companies don't want to invest even a paltry amount of money because they don't think it's something that's really worth being concerned about that allegedly is what the story comes back to but in reality there's too many scientists and then you know that it's already proven it here recently on the uh slight what just this last year there was a slight the emp effect on some parts of america i mean you know certain regions it wasn't the whole blackout but the way the planetary system is operating the amount of solar storms and stuff allegedly will be increasing so you think the possibility would be increasing along with that i you know i'm I'm in favor of putting some shielding somewhere but please let's not you know sit on our thumbs no doubt no doubt jr thank you let me grab one or two more people here and then we're gonna get to dr peter mikolos al what's on your mind hey good morning frank morning uh yeah, I think it's bad, uh, you know, uh, but look like what happened with Europe when um, Russia decided, listen, we're going to cut you off, no gas. Well, other people come to uh, to their rescue. So Canada, Mexico, a lot of these gas stations are on generators. We have tremendous amount of food. Uh, Army has MRE, uh, MREs. It's 100% valid. You know what really makes me sad, like you were talking about the 14% with Con Ed, we had a perfectly beautiful plant in being um, point, point, and right. guess what? Closed it. Shoreham, built for billions and billions. When it's ready to be uh, operational, close it. So we're being short-sighted with that, and we haven't had any uh, plants being built nuclear, which are a lot more safer now. Guess what? Not doing it. You know, as far as with uh, Schwarzenegger, I would say give that guy uh, a program, you know, filling potholes or do a TikTok uh, PSA. Something like that. You know, it's not fair, you know, uh, it's ridiculous. I mean, I don't look. I, I don't fly at uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's level of uh, luxury. I'm sure he's flying first class or private or something. But I don't feel like it's well publicized that rule that you have to have these luxury watches registered in advance. I would venture to say that if you stopped 99 out of 100 travelers, including wealthy people, I would say most of them probably don't know. You're 100% right. If they were bringing cash into a country, I guess you have more than 10 grand on them. You, you have that, automatically they can not only take the money, but you face big, big fines. I know of two people personally that brought an apple in, and guess what? $100 fine, big, big, big deal over an apple. Can you imagine that? ridiculous. Al, that is nuts. Uh, I, I can imagine it, and unfortunately that's the problem. All right, thank you. Um, those of you that are holding, I will try and get to you. Dr. Peter Mikolos joins us straight ahead. 
The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. If there is one thing that seems to bring everybody together, the old, the young, Republicans, Democrats, men, women, they all have medical questions. They all have health care questions. Now, the questions that a 16-year-old asks are a great deal different from the questions that a 75-year-old asks. And there are so many other factors other than age behind what questions you're likely to ask when you get together with friends for the holidays or, you know, when you're watching a football game. Are you chatting about uh, the latest neighbor, the latest friend that has tried Ozempic and whether you should are you chatting about whether you should get the covid vaccine booster or not or is it something else i have been amazed over the course of the last few years that it seems like no matter what the medical question is there is an incredibly brilliant doctor and scholar who seems to have an answer ready for just about all of them. And I am uh, thrilled to welcome to the other side of midnight, Dr. Peter Mikolos, board-certified physician who previously served as a chief of surgery and president of the medical staff of his community hospital. He's been an author. He's been an educator. He has a resume longer than most people's medical bills. Dr. Mikolos, it's great to have you on the program. Thanks for staying up late with us. It's great to be here on the Frank Morano Show and on the other side of midnight. And uh, oftentimes, sometimes if I'm uh, working uh, late or if I'm up late or sometimes you go into various establishments and you hear they have your show on and people listen attentively and you'll always learn something interesting that you won't find anywhere else on your show. So it's great to be with you and uh, happy to talk about some of the medical issues that have been in the news. And one of the topics that you and I talked about uh, earlier was the issue of plastics Mm -hmm. and microplastics and nanoplastics and these are basically tiny pieces of plastic that are so tiny normally things can't cross the blood-brain barrier which is the communication between our blood and our brain and that's why it's so hard to treat certain diseases in the brain for example even brain cancer to get chemotherapy and 
but these microplastics are getting into cells in our blood and crossing into the brain. So it's really fascinating that a recent study was done where they had special lasers to scan one liter of water, and they found that the plastic bottle water had 240,000 mm. pieces of these microplastics, which is 100 times more than they ever suspected. So with these new technologies, they found that out, and then they took some good old-fashioned tap water, and they found only 5.5 particles in the tap water. So we spent all this money trying to think we have cleaner and better water. So uh, one of the things I think, in my opinion, after some of these studies are starting to come out and the concerns that some of these nanoplastics getting into our cells, which were not in our ancestors' environments, these are something new introduced just recently in the last uh, century, is they, they cause things like they're associated with cancer, fertility problems, birth defects. So we need to know a lot more. So in my opinion, I think that there should be a standardization where uh, just like they tell you how many calories or how many proteins or carbohydrates in a food you buy or anything we buy with food, there should be also a little section that this water was scanned for plastic microparticles and it contains whatever the amount would be the minimum that would be acceptable for human consumption. And we don't even know what that value would be, right. but I think that something out there, if there's anybody listening or anybody in uh, politics or environmental regulation, I think it's something that we should do. And even for small children and babies consuming these micro pieces of plastic, and we, we don't realize how much plastic we're actually oh, yeah. exposed to. Oh, no, we're been... driving down the road and those tires are spinning in front of you on the hundred cars in front of you on the highway. Guess what happens? Tires wear, wear, your tires wear down. What happens as your tires are thinning? Where does that plastic go? Guess where it goes? It goes up into the environment. When you have your window rolled down, you're actually breathing some of those micro particles even from your tires. And, and we're exposed to that. And we're talking about tons and tons of this stuff in the air that nobody ever really talks about. That's why I tell people that the cabin filters on their car are very important to change them. Remember we had those Canadian wildfires? I told everyone after those fires were over, please take your cars in for servicing. Here's another tip for our audience. And their cabin filters, which are HEPA filters, everyone who I told to do that told me the mechanic was amazed. It was all clogged up with this type of burning ash material from those Canadian wildfires. But on the same token, the rubberized material coming off of tires is also airborne on highways. So that's the tip of the day for our audience to change your cabin filters, just like you do when you have to change your oil filter. You can probably do it twice a year. Right. And you'll be surprised that you'll find the debris in there. And that helps protect your lung long term because we don't know what type of cancer these particles could potentially it's not just smoking. There's other things in the air, and these particles get in there, and they can't get out. Uh, I remember. So in the meantime, until there is the kind of standard that you're talking about, um, should people avoid things like uh, plastic water bottles? I'm actually drinking from a plastic water bottle right now. Is that a mistake? Yeah. No, I think I'm doing the same thing, but what I am what I did start to do is I, I bought a countertop filter. I don't want to mention any specific brands, but I bought a countertop filter with a, um, a microparticle filter, and basically I pour my 
bottled plastic water into that particular filter. So then I get an additional uh, layer of filtration on top of what, you know, let's say it's coming out of a spring and it's been stored in a bottle. And also when it's stored in high temperature and hot environments and trucks, there's a concern about what happens to these plastics at high temperature. So I think adding an additional filter layer would be helpful. I think that it's very cumbersome to have pla- to have glass bottles, but I think a lot of people are starting to recognize that they would rather have glass bottles. And I also think that testing your own house water can be something to do and putting a filtration system, you might save a ton of money on uh, buying bottled water. Because if you, for example, in New York, we have fantastic water in the New York area and other parts of the country, there's a lot of great waters. But one of the things that people should consider is they do have testing kits. You can go online and they send you a little sample bottle and you can send in your water and really get an analysis and see what's happening. And you could even test your favorite bottle of uh, plastic uh, uh, spring water and, and try it out. So having actionable data, I think, is very important to actually see what's in there. And sometimes you'll, you know, you may get surprised or you may get pleasantly surprised. Mm. Uh, no, I mean, it makes sense. We're talking with Dr. Peter Mikolaus, board certified posi- uh, physician and a regular contributor uh, to the Cats Roundtable, Sunday morning's most listened to radio talk show. Uh, Dr. Mikolaus, one of the things that I think almost everyone that's ever been to a hospital or a doctor has experienced is some sort of medical error. And unfortunately, uh, NBC News had an interesting story, it's not unique to them, demonstrating that medical errors pretty frequently can kill. And you're more likely, these medical mistakes are more likely, apparently, to kill women and minorities. We're seeing hundreds of thousands of U.S. patients harmed or die each year because of diagnostic errors. What can be done to reduce the number of medical mistakes that are costing people their lives? Well, there are, there are uh, several issues. I think that uh, we have uh, in, in our country uh, what I call a priority portfolio dysfunction where we don't really invest what we need in health care and we need to have uh, a lot of supervision, a lot of uh, hospitals and teaching hospitals, for example. Require, they have medical students, residents, they need to have uh, proper supervision. And also sometimes we have people who are, for example, uh, we have you know nurse practitioners who have a certain level of training, we have physicians. So we do have a, a shortage of physicians. Reimbursement has dropped dramatically. You know, you get $23 for a follow-up focused eye exam, for example, an ophthalmologist gets and you're, you're over and your costs are only $46. So guess what? You may not hire and have enough staff or you may not. A lot of people have armies of medical assistants, but they may not be able to afford to have a registered nurse, for example. And also hospitals have to survive financially. And uh, they might have in the old days, they used to have the hospital filled with, for example, a hernia patient and someone after a gallbladder. Now they push you out, and they get you out of the hospital. So that same nurse is now taking care of 10 people but who are really sick, and they're running like an ICU on the on the regular floor. So that's one of the problems, that the people who are in the hospital are much 
uh, sicker. And the other issue is that, for example, people talk about, yes, the, you know, the women, the minority issue, but what they don't say is, for example, if you go to a county hospital in Brooklyn, some of the people that you're taking care of um, may have a lot of diseases like diabetes and comorbidity, comorbidities, alcohol uh, issues. I, I, I experienced that firsthand. It's not about it's not. It's just the reality of the situation. There's people who have uh, drug issues, people on multiple medications, so the outcomes are not as great. If you go into a, 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 a community hospital where people have a regular internist, a family practitioner, guess what? Those people are getting their blood pressure under control. They're getting their sugars under control, their cholesterol under control. So you have less less comorbidities. And also when you're dealing in certain areas and certain population, many people are underinsured. For example, you know, people have uh, some of these uh, health care, new so-called health care plans, but I say they have cards without care because a lot of doctors won't take those uh, insurance plans if they're paying $20 a visit. You know, I know some of these plans, if you do a reconstructive surgery on somebody's face after you remove a cancer, they pay $190. The plumber gets three times as much to install your toilet. So as a, as a country, we need to invest the proper amount of funds into health care, just like we cut all these psychiatric hospitals, and that's why we're having a lot of these crime issues. Most of those people are going around the streets of New York. I used to work in Rikers Island, and people got, when they got arrested, they got the care, and it was compassionate. They got an appointment with a psychiatrist, a therapist. They got follow-up. Now they don't even get a shower with the bail reform. That's why I talk about the uncompassionate side of bail reform, but there's a health care issue there because we had all these inpatient facilities, and it all started years ago. I believe I read that it started when uh, gov- with Governor Ukari, who started trying to save money and started closing a lot of hospitals, and then it continued with the other governors until we got caught with basically our pants down during COVID, where we cut all these various hospital beds, not only psychiatric beds, we cut, it was called the Burger Commission, and they got this accountant to sit there, a number cruncher. They got rid of a bunch of hospital beds, closed small little hospitals throughout areas around the country to save money. But then we found out that healthcare is national security. And when we had a pandemic, we didn't have enough hospital beds. And you saw people in hallways and people out in the street. Imagine if we had a war or we had a really serious uh, uh, next pandemic. We don't address uh, healthcare the way it's important. You know, we're sending money all around the world and all these different issues. Again, I don't do politics, but, you know, we're blowing money left and right. And that money, again, priority portfolio, it should be going towards health care. We didn't even make our own masks. We don't make our own components (laughs) for our antibiotics, our medicine. It's incredible. I don't mean to laugh. Yeah, no, but it's it's serious. We didn't have. I mean, I I was in in the middle of the pandemic. I was scouring around in my community to help find masks and gloves, gowns, you know, and and you just they weren't anywhere to be had and it was it was it was very very uh serious to really think about as a country that the components of many of our medicines our antibiotic our our diabetes medicine high blood pressure cholesterol a lot of the components are coming from other countries so that's that all ties into that issue of medical outcomes and also i'll give people our audience a tip 
better not to have surgery July and August. Why? Because that's when all the new interns and new residents come into the hospital and the trainees start July 1st. So that is the worst time, in my opinion, to be in the hospital. That's good to know. Because, because, and then the other thing is if you're in another state, you want, you, you don't necessarily want the chairman of the department operating you who might be the best politician. You want the director of fellowship training and the director of residency training working on you. Why? Because those are the guys who actually teach <laughs> and actually do the surgeries. And the other thing Americans do uh, a lot and they get into trouble is they travel around the world and they say, oh, I'm an American. And guess what? Your coverage and your health insurance and your Medicare, if you're over 65, or if you have Medicaid, does not cover you outside the country. If you go to Puerto Rico, you're covered, or St. John's, U.S. Virgin Island. Go an island over to Aruba or Bahamas, you have no coverage. Mm. Americans end up with these giant bills, and that's another health care tip for our audience. Always call up and get at least a $50,000 no-deductible health policy when you're out of the country and medical evacuation. I have at least five people in the past year who called me to thank me about that. One person was in Mexico. They wanted $5,000 for the CAT scan. His wife fell, was injured. She had to be stitched up. The insurance covered it. Or somebody was in England and got chest pain. People think, oh, they have national health system. Not for Americans. You get a bill and they have it waiting for you at the airport because you need to have... It's about access to health care. Having a card is not everything. It's also about access. A lot of folks, uh, we're talking with Dr. Peter Mikolos. A lot of folks, Dr. Mikolos, are concerned about RSV. Uh, I've spoken with a few people who've had it and had COVID, and they've said that uh, they found RSV to be even more debilitating than COVID was for them. In your view, I know a lot of places, there's a lot of advertising for these RSV vaccines. Who do you think, if anyone, should be getting the RSV vaccine? Well, I think it's an individual decision with your doctor, but obviously the higher-risk people who have lung problems, the smokers, the uh, older population, people over 65, those are the higher risk. And there might be uh, kids who have asthma or other lung issues or lung problems like cystic fibrosis or some other uh, lung issues that they would probably be good candidates the other thing is that there are also antivirals being developed. Just like if you have the flu, if you can get access to an antiviral and you take it right away, it will change the course of the disease. Just like with COVID, it's not just about vaccines because a lot of times the vaccines are for the prior variant and keeping up with the various variants. But when you have a good oral antiviral that blocks all RNA viruses, for example, or if you have antivirals, which do exist for RSV, I think what we need is a better test-to-treatment program where, like, for example, we have urgent care near where I live, and the doctor, people come in, they get tested for flu, COVID, strep, and they even have RSV tests. And if you can find out what people have right away and you can treat immediately with an antiviral and block the viral replication, you can save a lot of headaches. And I know many people personally who took the oral antiviral, for example, malnupiravir is one of them. Uh, the other one is called Paxlovid. Malnupiravir is used a lot in Europe, in England. It's also called Levegrio. When you take that, like, immediately within three days of uh, COVID, those people do really well, and it really blocks the viral replication. So I think that for RSV and for other diseases, I think 
moving more towards uh, immediate treatment because vaccines also will not block 100% of all all the cases. But I think we're going to be seeing more and more better oral antivirals. There's one actually coming out of Japan that's looking like it's amazing, and it's probably going to be available in the United States by next year, just like when you have flu. You take Tamiflu, and if you take it within the first three days, you just don't get um, as sick. And I think that uh, also there are little tips, another tip for our audience. When your mucous membranes are are dried out, you get more viruses and bacteria. That's why we say catch a cold, because when you go outside, when your mucous membranes, your sinuses are dry, viruses and bacteria more readily enter. That's why when we were little kids, parents were running humidifiers, Mm -hmm. because when your mucous membranes are moist, it's a barrier, and it helps block viruses and bacteria from entering. Why do you think people get sick all the time when they come off long flights and international flights? Because what do they do on airplanes? Airplanes have extremely low humidity. Why? Because they don't want humidity in a plane because humidity causes rust. Rust causes metal fatigue and structural failure. That's why people actually like to fly, especially people with dry eye or people get sick often, they like to fly the Boeing Dreamliner. Why? Because it's carbon fiber line. And guess what? The humidity is higher. And how do I know this? Because I actually took a hygrometer, which tells you percent humidity, and I've traveled on different kinds of planes. And it's fascinating to see that the humidity is actually higher on a Dreamliner and your mucous membranes aren't going to be as dried out. And even people who wear contact lenses and have dry eye, they're more comfortable when it's a carbon fiber plane. And in a car, when you're driving and you have that defogger on, guess what? Everything's drying out and you get more sick. So when you have children at home or young people or people prone to illness, if you keep a hygrometer, which is a $10 instrument that tells you percent humidity, keep your humidity at approximately 45% or better in the winter, you will get sick less. I have 27-year-old triplets. They rarely ever got sick. And one of the things I paid close attention to, which my mother used to do, she used to run those Vicks vaporizers, but I had a humidifier and I kept the humidity at 45 to 50. Their skin is better. My skin felt up with your, your eyes dry, your skin is dry. So that's something we don't pay attention, especially people who live in apartment buildings and fan forced hot air is economical, but it's one of the worst ways for human beings to be heated because it dries out our mucous membranes and we get sick more often. So that's another tip for our audience that pay attention to the humidity. It's very important. Uh, Lastly, Dr. Mikolaos, uh, yesterday and probably today, my son uh, stayed homesick from preschool because he's got pink eye. And yesterday uh, I learned that my wife has strep throat. So living with a two-year-old who has pink eye and a wife that has strep throat, how likely am I to get one or both of these? Well, with close close intimate contact or exchange of body fluids, it's possible and if you uh if your son has pink eye and you kiss him and you get your eye close you can you can get it there are some things that you can do to help control that in the household one of the things you can do is changing pillowcases frequently the other thing you can do is when you have pink eye there are different types viral bacterial oftentimes kids get bacterial where their lids are stuck together and they have some uh, particles on the inside corner of their eye. You wash the hair with baby shampoo. You let the lather go over the face. 
with the eyes closed, you scrub the lids and lashes, and that removes a lot of the bacteria off the lids and lashes, and that's a maintenance hmm. thing to help prevent. Change pillowcases and towels frequently. The other little trick is if someone has strep throat and then they use their toothbrush and then they wake up in the morning, guess what? Overnight, that toothbrush is filled with bacteria, and then you stick it in your mouth and you re-inoculate yourself. So I tell people when they have a cold or strep throat, get a little bit of a mouthwash like I don't like to use brands, but in this case I will because it works great. Listerine, mm -hmm. you soak it in a little cup and you soak your toothbrush overnight. So when you wake up in the morning and you use that toothbrush again, all the bacteria were fried on that toothbrush so you don't keep re-inoculating yourself with the same bacteria. The same thing with pink eye. When we sleep and we have strep throat or a cold, we usually then a few days later can get pink eye. Why? Because we breathe our bacteria onto the pillowcase, and usually the side that you sleep on is the side you get your conjunctivitis first. Wow. So if I have strep throat or if I have a cold and I sleep on my right side, I will get my first conjunctivitis on my right eye. And that's why it's so important to change pillowcases every night when you have a bad cold, and especially with little kids, and run that humidifier, and you'll find that they'll and teach, start teaching little kids about hand washing because they touch various things, various objects, and then they touch their face, their eyes, and that goes for humans too. When you have a cold sore on your lip, that can be herpetic. And I see people, I saw someone today, and I, I, and I saw them about to touch their face and eyes. I said, stop, you just touched your cold sore on your mouth. You can spread it to your eye. And, and the simple, basic hygiene is helpful. Hand washing is important, changing pillowcases, keeping fresh, clean toothbrushes. After I have a bad cold or something, I throw away my toothbrush and get a fresh one. So these are some of the little things that people can do to get uh, sick less often. And, you know, in the wintertime, that's why uh, COVID starts raging when it starts getting very cold because we move indoors into the dry air. Dry air dries out our mucous membranes, viruses and bacteria more readily enter. The opposite occurs in Florida. In Florida, their problem is in the summer because they move indoor to the dry air of air conditioning, and that's why they have their COVID spikes in the summer months in warm climates, and we have it in the winter times. Uh, Dr. Mikolos, on that note, we're going to have to end it there. I very much appreciate you being available to us at this early hour. I hope we can do this again soon. Thank you very much, and thanks for always getting the truth out on the other side of midnight. Absolutely. Dr. Peter Mikolos, if you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, you're welcome to give me a call, 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Side of Midnight with Frank Morano.
other side of midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Eight minutes until the top of the hour. I, um, you know, I don't know why. You know, I have psoriasis. I've talked about it before. And um, for the last few days, my torso has been particularly itchy. And I'm, you know, I'm putting my psoriasis medication on it. In fact, two different types of medication. It always gets a little worse in the winter. Because with the, I guess with the lack of sunlight, it gets a little worse. But for whatever reason, it's it's itchy. Maybe it's itchy for some other reason. Maybe it's dry skin. Maybe it's uh, any number. Maybe it's some sort of an allergic reaction to something. So I, I um, and this was one of the many things yesterday that was contributing to my difficulty in trying to fall asleep. So my wife, she says, take ibuprofen. That's what I take when I have a sunburn. It's an anti-inflammatory. And wouldn't you know it? She was right. I take two of these ibuprofen and it, you know, the itching at least goes away for a time enough for me to fall asleep. And then the <laughs> six hours later, I hear some disgruntled screaming coming from our upstairs bathroom. What's the matter, honey? She said, you did not put the cap of the ibuprofen back on properly and it fell, and half of the pills fell down the drain of the bathroom sink. And I guarantee you, now there will be a clog of that drain. So I know this sounds like a strange question, but I'm serious. Do you know of a way to remove a clog that's caused by pills? Can you use Drano or liquid plumber for that? I don't love using that because they say it's not good for the pipes anyway. But is there a way to just remove a whole bunch of pills like you're pumping a sink stomach with ibuprofen? Because if there is, please share it with me. There's a good chance it might get me out of uh, out of hot water. All right, a lot of people eager to comment on the EMP situation. By the way, here is that here is that um here's a clip to that film, Grid Down, uh, that Dennis Quaid was talking to Tucker Carlson about. Hi, I'm Dennis Quaid. Top former energy official claims an attack on an American power grid was terrorism. The attack was the most significant incident of domestic terrorism involving the grid that has ever occurred in the U.S. This will be the next 9-11. No. This will be the next Pearl Harbor. As many as 90% of Americans could die. It could literally end civilization as we know it. Now I really want to see this documentary. That is pretty scary sounding. Joe is in the Queens. Hi, Joe. Yeah, Frank. Uh, before I get to the EMP, I just want to say a couple other things. One is research vitamin D3 supplements on Google Scholar for itching. Uh, see what that says. They say that can help a lot, vitamin D3 supplements. Uh, also, Tucker Carlson interviewed a microbiologist it's on YouTube yesterday, and very interesting what he had to say about COVID. And as far as the weight loss drug, uh, do you want something that's going to burn your muscle? I don't think so. No, no, that's one of the, I mean, look, I, I think, 
anything that sounds too good to be true, and I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to get into it with Dr. Mikolos, but you know he gave very expansive answers to everything that we um, that we spoke about. Anything that seems too good to be true, I, I tend to stay away from, and anything that you have to take for life as a drug, I tend to stay away from. Right, right. Uh, getting to the EMP, uh, I mean. <laughs> Ninety percent is saying that people can't adjust where they didn't have electricity uh, in the 1800s with mass populations. But I think 100 percent of the population could die if there's meltdowns of the, uh, all the nuclear reactors. I think that would pretty much wipe out everybody. So I think that's an exaggeration, 90 percent. I think uh, there will be mass chaos. Uh, but people can adjust to no electricity. For uh, but at the same time, if those nuclear reactors aren't contained, that's going to pretty much wipe out a hundred percent of the population. Yeah, fair, Joe. Thank you. Chris is in the Catskills. Hi, Chris. Hey, good morning. That was great. I was, was sleeping during much of it. I heard. I'll have to listen to the playback on the Frank Morano podcast. But he carries Dr. Miklos carries airtime so well. He should have his own radio program. There used to be a radio host that was syndicated, Dr. Dean Adele, that had a program back, I don't know, like 15 to 25 years ago. He had a pretty long run as a syndicated radio host. Uh, Dr. Miklos carries airtime way better than he does. Uh, his level of intellectual curiosity is off the charts. And that's one of the major problems, in my opinion, with Western-based medicine is that I see a lack of intellectual curiosity with most healthcare practitioners. They're just following um, what they were trained in medical school. And a lot of healthcare practitioners are just trained in performing functions that are passive based skills. They're not using heuristics to teach themselves or to try and solve problems and find answers. The lack of causational factor from Western medicine. Chris, thank you. Uh, thank you. Yeah, sure. I'm familiar with Dr. Dean Adele. He's been named by talkers as uh, one of the most 100 most significant talk show hosts in history. I agree with you. I think Dr. Mikolos uh, could be just as compelling, if not more so. Agree. All right. Those of you that are holding, I'll get to you after the top of the hour. Meantime, keep asking questions.